Hello and welcome to the First Issue Club, your weekly comic book podcast. We're excited to be back talking about our favorite thing, comic books. In the club today, it's me, Mike D. Me, Greg Lichtai. And visitor, Andy Vargas. Andy. Andy's two, two in a row. Two in a row. That's certified club member territory. Yeah, yeah you're really making a case for yourself there, Andy. Yeah, We're that... taking it back to the committee, <laughs> reviewing all the applications. The chair still has my ass print, so. <laughs> it's still warm from last time. <laughs> we've got some comic book news to talk about today, and we've got some recommends, but I've got a segment we're pulling back from the depths of, oh. the, of the First Issue Club Dungeons. Mere it, two days after Halloween. It's time for... Tales from the Shop! <laughs> exactly right. Thank you, Crypt Keeper Gig. <laughs> You're welcome. These books are a real scream. <laughs> All right, so I've been dying to tell you of my um, comic book escapades while I was in Madison, Wisconsin. Home of the cheese curd. Exactly right. <laughs> Birth and, of the cheese curd. And boy, did I eat my share of fried cheese curds, and they were absolutely delicious. I loved them. And I add, no cheese curds for Andy and I. Yeah, I thought about stuffing my backpack full of loose cheese curds. <laughs> <laughs> like like just poplars from the exactly Futurama. Right. Exactly right. Um didn't happen though. Um, so I did check out a comic book shop and I'm reluctant to say their name because I don't necessarily want to like dox them here. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Shop redacted. So, <laughs> so we'll see. Um, but th- a shop was recommended to me uh-huh. that had like the best quality like back issue back stock. Um, they're one of those shops that prices at the door, so they don't have any prices on anything. Ooh, already red flags. Ooh, yeah, woof on that one. <laughs> they were like, we we price very fairly, and there was a couple comics right away that I was just like, I want this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you'll probably have to come back in a couple days because we need to price these like comics. And I was like, it's three comic <sighs> books. A couple days? Google it. Yeah, so they write like the date that they price things on the backing board. And then the guy who owns the shop does adequate research and then will like update oh, what the price for that should my be. God. So most people who shop there, if you're not buying comics that are like new that week, then you're uh, basically calling saying, hey, do you have these five issues? And then calling back later in the week and seeing what the price would be on them. And if they have them, you come in and purchase them at that point. So antiquated. So it's, yeah, it's a very like old school, old style uh-huh. um, method. And everything was just like in stacks and stacks and stacks. I, I took some pictures I'll have to show you guys. But like there were like massive cabinets mm-hmm. of comics, in vintage comics in bags, no boards oh. that were just stacked on top of each other. Maybe like 200 issues high. Yeah. We'll post these on the Patreon. This guy told me they had the biggest Silver Age collection in the Midwest. That that has the lowest rating. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And this shop, I'll tell you, this shop was like maybe a tenth of the size of the top floor of Clint's Comics. Mm -hmm. So I just have a hard time believing that. I think you go to a lot of old comic shops and they're like... They boast. Yeah, and they're like, we're the best, we're the biggest there is. And it's like, there's two shops in Kansas City that Mm -hmm. can fill a convention hall with oh, like yeah. a drop in the bucket of unless their back they keep issues. it off site somewhere yeah that could be the case where they keep it off site mm-hmm. but if you th- you think if you had that big of a collection you'd, you'd show it off you'd boast it in a store where people could actually shop it and, and, you, and, purchase and you wouldn't it. need two or three days to price a comic because <laughs> you'd have an online repository of your inventory that shit is flooring me right now i i that is so wild but I did say that I was like, I'm looking for some Miss Marvel key books. And he was like, which ones? And he like turned around and came back with like a stack of like issues one through 20. And oh, okay. <laughs> and he of what series? You're like, had, oh, Jesus Christ. They had ju- he had just happened to have bought um, a collection, a collection mm-hmm. of Miss Marvel stuff. So it was like right on hand. So I picked up like the three issues out of the series that I was missing. Sure. And was like. Great, having a wonderful time here already. Um, but he cheese curds still on your breath. He had to get on the phone with like the owner and see if they could price them quickly for me because I was like leaving. That makes me want to scream. Yeah, I mean, like honestly, how do you get anything sold? 
but hey, hey, Home Depot. Uh, I need a, like a pa- a pallet of two by fours. Uh, yeah, come back next week. We'll have a price for <laughs> Love you. Love them priced out. <laughs> what the f- well, here was the thing too that some the, there was a one or two of the books in the stack had been priced like a couple months back, and I'm like, how much are these books changing in price? Yeah, from like two months ago, and if anything, the market has like dipped gone down every month like over mm-hmm. the last like four or five months so yeah if you're selling me what they were priced at a couple months ago you're doing great my man yeah on- no honestly okay so in any case this place teeny tiny but stacked to the gills with books that you could like never peruse through because they're stacked vertically and then tons of like fantagraphics hardbacks and like trades and just like it- this would be a place where if you were looking for like a weird Michael DeForge comic that's out of print or something. Yeah, 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 They've yeah. got like tons of hardbacks. Sure. So that was really cool. So I'm looking through all this stuff while he's on the phone pricing this stuff. And ultimately he gets, <laughs> With headquarters, he gets, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> ultimately he gets off the phone and he's just like, you know, the place up the street used to be uh, owned by the mob. And I, I was, love where this is headed. And I was like, the mob, huh? And he was like, yeah, yeah, that's right. And The cheese curd mafia. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay. I was like, you know, is the mob still even like a thing anymore? And he was like, yeah, they're, uh, they're working in the shadows now. Oh, was, my God. And he goes, yeah, those... Uh, oh! Uh, is uh, in, the, in the background. I hesitated oh, even saying that on God. the podcast, but I myself... I'm Italian. Yes. I given I'm like third generation, so like I <laughs> still I view myself as an American, but an Italian American. But he so he brought up the mob thing so randomly yeah. that I was like, are, are is this guy's racism sensor so acute <laughs> that he identified me as Italian like immediately and then brought up the mob to see how I would react oh and then like God. threw out a like some antiquated slurs right uh and like hit me with the two big ones right <laughs> the <laughs> real heavy hitters <laughs> and back to back and so I was just like wow yeah uh um I'll 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 get my books and check out. Uh-huh. So, cause I, he had some books that I wanted. He, he priced them and I was just like blown away by it. And so I hand him my card and my like ears are still ringing. I, I I'm, I'm kind of like, this is one of those situations where, you know, like the bomb goes off and saving private Ryan. Yeah. Like, everything's <laughs> the, the blurry ringing. and there's just, re- you can't like hear anything. And you're just like ringing for someone's a second. legs are blown off. <laughs> and that was like me in the moment. And he takes my card and he runs it, and then he's like, name on that card? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, what is it? And I go, oh, my God. It's Italian. And he goes, yeah. And then I go, yep, the Stasi. <laughs> and just like <laughs> like double down on like, it's Italian. Uh, what the hell? And like I could tell he was like coming at me, and the way he – um was like, yep, about my card and my name, was very much like, I got it right. I, I confirmed. I identified you when you walked in. And then um, he starts saying, well, you know, the Italians have, like, really advanced in crime over the, oh like, my. last so many years. <laughs> and I was like, shit. in my head, I'm like, is this supposed to be an apology to me? Telling me that, like... Uh, the Italians are better at crime than they used to Good be. Like God. being Italian isn't like one to one with like the mob. You know, you people got some pretty good sauces. And then he says, and this part I'm not going to re- repeat, but I'll skip some of the sentence. He was like, um, "The Italians have left the low level crime for the oh bla- no. Blanks, no no blanks blanks and blanks." Oh my uh, dear God! And he drops another three that you're just like, whoa. Just like unafraid and yeah. just like totally, this isn't his normal yeah. conversation speech. So at that point, I was just like, "All right," and just like turn around and left. Um, and I'd already bought the books at that point. This was as we were like out the door. Sure. And in the moment, I was just like, I I couldn't sleep the no that night. Of course not. And this was at like two in the afternoon. So like hours later, I was just grinding my teeth at night, being like. 
Should I should have should I have like yelled at this guy? Should I have asked for my money back? Should I have like left the store on the first sign of it? Oh, and I God. was just like, I ran through all the things to, that I could have done or should have done. Um, and ultimately, I'm like, I was the bigger person. Like, I didn't start a fight. Like, mm-hmm. I could, and and who knows? Like, someone who's gonna say that sort of stuff is an unhinged person. Right. Yeah, completely. <laughs> like not a rational person. So like who knows where it would have gone if I would have like yelled at the guy. Um, but it is taking up some real estate in in my headspace. Um, it's it's funny to go to Wisconsin and be like, even I'm not white enough for Wisconsin. And I'm like, I mean, so white. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, you're the I wrong feel, kind of white. I'm the wrong kind of white for Wisconsin, apparently. Holy shit. Um, and I was like, man, it could be because in downtown Madison, yeah. it was like very hip, very liberal. They've got. Um, what was the name of the shop? <laughs> nice. Well, OK, so I don't want to say it because this guy didn't own the shop. Well, to the owner of this shop, if anyone from Madison can figure it out, you have fucking shitty if, employees. If you're from Madison, you'll know what this shop is. Yeah, Robert E. Lee Comics. <laughs> yeah. On Segregation the, Boulevard. Yeah. Let's go Brandon Comics and Games. Good God. But I'll, I'll say, I think Madison is an incredibly diverse city. Okay. And part of me wonders if you just have this, like, old base of grumpy white people who see the landscape of Madison changing and are like uber racist and uber sensitive to anybody who's like the slightest hue of olive. I was just yeah. like, I've never experienced anyone like no one's actually identified like Italian and came after me like that. Yeah. So it was just a um, that dude's racist radar is. Yeah. Is like unmatched beauty, I guess, <laughs> if you want to put it that way. What a piece of garbage. Purely honed, yeah. It's like his his superpower. You should have been like, oh my God, I dropped my match like <laughs> in the store and then just locked him in there. Man, I'm sorry you had to go through that. That is wretched. I, yeah, I, I like this. I don't even know how to like pose or tell this story because it's it's definitely, I like, I don't want it to be like a woe is me thing because no. I, I don't experience racism. This was like, a encounter that was not dangerous mm-hmm. and it was just somebody using some language towards me that I found like shocking and surprising. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's not what I'm looking for out of this conversation. It was more that just like, um, well, it's kind of a wake up call, even in our community. Sure. It, 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 it exists. Um, I bet a lot of the stacks in that store were cyber frog. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I bet there was some like really weird, European in quote uh, comic I, books that are like uh, yeah, yeah. pro. <laughs> well, I think we all know what I'm gonna say. <laughs> so that was my spooky, scary tales from the shop. Yeah, holy crap. Yeah. And so you just left with and, like, did the guy say goodbye or like, you know, get out of here? Like, it seems like. No, I think he kind of felt like. He had done what he had wanted to do, which was make us feel right. uncomfortable and shitty. He was he's playing like bigotry chess, and he was like, "Yeah, Aha, checkmate, got it." Yeah, <laughs> like you really got me. Yeah, gotcha. What? Yeah, <laughs> I'm a garbage man. person. Yeah. yeah, I think his whole goal was to make us feel small on the way out. <laughs> it's like we'd spent our money. And then it was like, what a weird, yeah. deranged power move. Yep. If true. Yikes. Totally. All right. Well, fuck that shop. Yep. Wherever, whatever it may be. <laughs> I'm going to have to probably Google it and cause some trouble. <laughs> Check out those Yelp reviews. Mm-hmm. I bet they're stellar. The The reviews were some of the worst for a shop in, in Madison. Oh, okay. So... Uh, I'm guessing they for the right reasons. Yeah, it seems like yeah, not because they didn't have the right. particular Hulk issue he wanted. <laughs> well, um, pivoting. Yes, uh, something that has maybe not equally has angered me, but taken <laughs> taken over a massive part of my life. Marvel Snap has been released 
into the game sphere. Yeah, this is something where I feel like it's transcending a level of popularity that I would not expect a deck builder phone game yeah. to really do. Obviously, anything attached to Marvel is like going to be a little more popular than typical, mm-hmm. but people are asking me about this game that I like know aren't comic book people and I know are maybe casual gamers at best. So mm-hmm. it's like really capturing um, pop culture right now. It is, from what I've read, one of the most accessible and um, easily playable card game, like mobile card games that's out right now. Well, because your decks are very small, right? Um, like I think a max of... It's like 12 cards or yeah, something. Yeah, that's, that seems like really small in comparison to most. It is, which, and most. it keeps the game moving. Yeah. And it forces you to really... Uh, carefully pick your deck. Sorry. Um, sorry, the roof's falling down in the Fudge <laughs> Mansion. Um, I started playing it basically when it came out of beta, and I've been going hard yeah. on it. And Same. <laughs> it is equally fun and infuriating because, um, I mean, <laughs> you, you think, yeah, because like each location, you have like three locations you can put cards down or whatever, mm-hmm. and each location has a different ability or a different um, attribute attached to it and so they, that can either help the cards in your hand or hurt them it's completely random and you think you build a good deck and you just get completely fucked by the locations and the opposite player the thing that gets me is the the this titular mechanic snapping is basically like you or your opponent can snap at any point and mm-hmm. and double the potential like winnings right yeah. or loss or loss uh and what irritates me is when it's like turn two and your opponent's like snap because they're basically saying like, nah, you suck. I'm going to beat you. Yeah, I got this. <laughs> and then so, of course. It's like doubling down in blackjack. Yeah. So, of course, I have to snap back mm-hmm. and double down. Yes. And then if I win, it's like, ah, you fool. Yeah. But. When you lose. When I lose, I want to throw my phone into <laughs> the There goes wall. those eight cubes <laughs> those down the drain. <sighs> I have snapped on round one at least five times. Sure. And lost every single time. So your boy has learned his lesson, <laughs> and you wait for all three locations to be revealed. But, I, I mean, have you played it yet, Mike? No, I haven't. Do you like deck-building games? No. Like, the, like Magic or Pokemon or anything like that? I don't, and this is something where, like, even I've thought about playing it just because so many people are talking about it. So I, you know, I tried the Magic the Gathering mobile app and I wanted to blow my brains out and I immediately deleted it. It was so convoluted. It was so, you know, out of my realm of understanding. And Marvel basically made, you know, deck building game for dummies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they took, so this is Vargas and I play Magic and I played Hearthstone and I play Yes, it's compared to the Hearthstone a lot. Yeah. So Hearthstone took magic and made it more accessible. And then Marvel Snap took Hearthstone mm-hmm. and made it even more accessible. Right. So like dolphins could play it. Well it is that accessible. Yeah. But it but it's it's one of those games that's like it's super easy to jump into, but mm-hmm. really hard to like master. And there is an element of luck to it, obviously. But mm-hmm. well, I love it. Each <laughs> match is like maybe two minutes. Oh yeah, you can play like five games on the toilet. Yeah, so <laughs> depending on what you're doing. But like this if you're waiting in line or something, you can play a quick game and you know be done with it. This is the only place I play Mario Kart is on my toilet. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Damn it, Peach. Many, Everything okay in there, Mike? Many races have been won. <laughs> I I mean I, I really enjoy it if I mean it, it doesn't cost you anything to download it to give it a shot oh, if you don't like it. Is it a freemium game though? It is a freemium game. Vargas and I, like, day of, yeah. we're already texting one another because there is, like, a season pass uh-huh. that lasts for, like, a month or something. Yeah, like, yeah, mid-month to mid-month or something. And you can rank up in that and mm. get free items. And then to a certain level, it's, uh, like, premium items. Like, you have to pay 10 bucks and it unlocks the premium yeah. levels. Yep. And I've gotten to the levels where I'm just, like, you know, it skips every other for your free upgrade or whatever. Uh-huh. And I've texted Andy immediately just like please stop me from buying <laughs> fucking premium on the stupid mobile app so I can get the Miles Morales card variant like a dipshit. Do you foresee a future wherein the game becomes inaccessible to people who are not paying for it? Well, so that's the no. ni- that's the nice part is like all the 
the stuff you pay for is all cosmetic. Yes. All the cards are oh. available to everyone for free. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I mean, I have not encountered yet a time when I just got like blown out by somebody. No. Because they had all the good cards. Yeah. And all the cards are pretty equally balanced of like, uh-huh. there's not one card that's just like, play this and you win automatically. Yeah. And so like. I've seen online though mm-hmm. that there is a leader card that some guy scored like at a crazy amount of points off of. Oh, like the 3,000 points or whatever? I don't know. I'm wondering if that is a prank because all oh, the really? because all the cards that I've seen and all the locations even with their abilities or you know uh, attributes attached to them I, I don't think there's any way to get over well, 100 points on an, a single location. But even if you do that's one location out of the three, and you have to win two to win the game. Sure, yeah. So like, because even you f- if you could, even if you could get a million points on one location, you would still lose the game because you didn't. Yeah, you have to win like two uh, out of three yeah. of the locations. Okay. So if you focus solely on one area, you kind of boned yourself. Now I know. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you guys are enjoying Marvel Snap. Well, that's a loose term. Uh, we we're are playing. Ta- we are. Ta- <laughs> we're playing it, <laughs> so I can figure out how to break it. Imprisoned by. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. <laughs> but I will say this: I am proud of myself for not spending any money yet. But I got to get drunk eventually, and uh, there it is. <laughs> that little yeah. push button is going to get activated sooner or later. <laughs> uh, I do pay to my shame. I there is. I do pay for Mario Kart on my phone. What do you get? New tracks or new? Tires? You get, like, new characters, you level up in the characters, and you get a lot more of, like, the various types of in-game currency. Oh, like, is, is, yeah. Mm-hmm. this helps keep the game competitive to a point where it's, like, colossally more fun. They found a really great way to say, like, hey, you can play the game for free, and we're going to match opponents to your talent level, mm-hmm. so you never really pass a threshold wherein you're playing people who are just going to dominate you, right? Yeah, that's so what Snap does. So it is great on the free scale. But at the same time, if you want to, like, keep climbing the tiers and reach those, like, higher rewards and higher thresholds, right? then it's like you pay, it's $5 a month. <laughs> hey, does it that's bring fine. you joy? It brings me so m- I spend so much time on this. That's all that matters. That yeah. it's like... There's no shame here. It's yeah. t- the the hours to money ratio of enjoyment that I get out of this thing is unbelievably in my favor in in my opinion. Perfect. Yeah, well then you're good to go. <laughs> yeah. You're you're totally fine then, brother. All right. I feel validated. Thank you. Well, I guess that's also another bonus for Marvel Snap. It's like you can still play the game without purchasing anything. Yeah. Like you said it's all cosmetic upgrades and cuz like you don't spend real money to get in-game money to buy, like, the Hulk card or, like, the right. Black Panther card. But I did buy all the Dan Hip cards I can get my hands on. I I got one. I got the Iron Man one, but... I got Hawkeye and I got Blue Marvel right now. I have Ooh. been seeing a handful of artists selling their art That's from Marvel Snap. That's what's going to get me is they Marvel hired, like, artists yep. to mm-hmm. do sets. Yep. And Dan Hip was one of them. Yeah, Art, and, Art Germ is another. Yeah, Ryan, Liefeld. Ryan Gonzalez did. Yeah, yep. A handful of them, or is it Rain? Rain Gonzalez. Yeah. Um, and hers were beautiful. I love her art. Yeah. Um, but she sold them like months ago. Yeah. And I'm like, if she would have waited for the game to launch to sell these after people have like seen the card several times oh, and yeah. like got hype on the game. They could have sold for so much more money. I wish you would have waited. Sometimes you don't know your own worth Mm-mm. until it's too late. Right. Happened to Peach. Happened to Rain. Yep. Who will it happen to next? You know who it's not going to happen to? Rob Liefeld. Have you guys seen this? He is. <laughs> yeah. He, he has paired with Heritage Auctions, which is a like very prestigious auction house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rob Liefeld. I guess recently, when he was going through old folders or whatever, found like preliminary sketches or rough drafts of Deadpool before he showed up in New Mutants. Christ on a cracker. 
And so it's two pages that are for sale mm-hmm. on the, at this auction house. Uh, I checked today. There's still 15 days left to bid on them. Yeah. One is 24000 and the other is $23,000. Oh, that's not so bad. Wow. We, you got 15 days. We all know the auctions don't get hot until the last hour. Yeah, yeah you got to eBay snipe them so, <laughs> at Heritage Auctions. So, my, so my, and the, I mean, they're not bad drawings, but they definitely are like... They're definitely prelims. Rough sketches of very, like a page layout Yeah, they are very... A lot of loose pencils and then like uh, sketchy inks on top of them. And But you could tell that it's Deadpool or that it's supposed to be Deadpool. Yes, and Cable. And Cable, right. So I guess my... My question is, or the reason I bring this up, how much do you think these things are going to go for? Because recently, the 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 pages for the first black Spider-Man suit sold for like upwards of one point five million dollars. For for prelims, there's no way these get yeah anywhere close to that. Yeah, I'm if you would have asked me. Before you threw out the twenty four thousand number, mm-hmm. I would have said ten grand up each. Oh, okay. I wouldn't have thought they'd even pe- cross this threshold. Now that I know where they are with like ten or fifteen days left, I would say like thirty, maybe. They can't go much higher. So I bet these sell for in, in the hundreds of thousands. I, that I, is bonkers I, for what I, they only look because like. of the one the of them character, has a coffee stain on it. The 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 movie hype. Yeah, uh, all that is mixed it, in. It is the the context of them being prelims, like before Deadpool was actually drawn. For, like, yeah, like, it was just like, oh, that you can see the uh, character like coming together in Rob's head, mm-hmm. like the character design. Like that is pretty cool, but it's not something that you would like display in my opinion like when you look at it it's like uh, yeah absolutely if you're like a saudi prince yes it is you buy that and you put it in your bathroom and <laughs> i to me it's more like at this point some of these collectibles are more like um the bitcoin bro comic book sort of people that it's it's yeah. like a dick swinging thing this 100 percent that like I spent so much money, and yeah, I'm the one who has those. This is, it's more yeah. about how much money you spend and like feeling high off of that than this the is actual like, thing you're buying sometimes. This is like some NFT trader <laughs> buys this yeah. and then tries to flip it. This is a great time to sell something like this. Yeah. Or, you know, turns it into an NFT, <laughs> like the sketch dances or something, and turns into a bored ape or I don't know. But, I bet I bet they don't go. I bet they don't hit a hundred grand for both. For okay, so you you mean combined or yeah, in, combined. Com, okay, so you're I saying bet they com, don't. I I guarantee combined they do. I don't know, man. If we're at twenty six now, and they've been on sale for like two to three days, and it has, still has fifteen days to go. Mm. Okay, we'll we'll check back in fifteen days, and we'll see when I'm triumphant. I yeah, just, then we have to buy them for you. Okay, we get it. I've already. Uh, who do you think the twenty six thousand is? <laughs> you, don't even, you don't even want to know what my reserve for these prelims are. I just bought a Jim Toe page. Um, yeah, you did. It's a sample page. It's not like a, an actual published thing, but it's Captain Marvel mm-hmm. um, attacking some Marvel zombies. We got zombies of. Captain America, Spider-Man, and Wolverine. Dude. And she does a big sick uh, punch and she screams. It's hand-lettered on the page. And she screams, no more zombies, as a reference to no more mutants. Right. And uh, there's a big punch and explosion at the end. It's a pretty sick page. That's pretty awesome. And you paid 15000 for that. <laughs> so, sure. I mean. It was $180. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Yeah. It is magnificent. This is what you can you can get something so magnificently beautiful and polished and done for, for under two hundred under two hundred bucks. Like the idea of spending that much on like um, a rough sketch is like tough for me to swallow. Yeah, you can buy a like. Hold on, you're saying rough sketch like it's like it's nothing. Like this is an iconic character's. Yeah, basically like birth or like you know the the primordial pool that it came out of 
Yeah, and, and okay. like he's let, like let he, me, but, but 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 no, he's transcended pop culture now, and he's everywhere. Like this okay. isn't just like if this were a character design sheet, and it was like Rob Liefeld's initially drawing like everything. He's got like arrows to the character, and he's like patches here and patches yeah. here, and like no feet has and underline underline and underline has swords, and is like drawing different swords on the page, and uh-huh. like has one circle that ended up being the actual sword, like something like that. Amazing, unreal, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, this is like I figured out the design, mm-hmm. and I'm. It's get- a boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's got Spider-Man eyes and Spider-Man body, but there's swords in the back, and I'm trying to just figure out the composition of the page at this point. Mm-hmm. Let me let me put it to you this way, right? Uh-huh. How much would you pay for a cocktail napkin that Stanley owned? <laughs> And it said Hulk question mark. It said it said <laughs> it said arachnid boy crossed out, uh-huh. and then it said like um spider dude crossed out, and then it said Spider Man with a question. Did no it, hyphen though. But like, is it signed by him? Just like no, it's not the, signed. But like on the bottom it says, "Is this anything?" <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Jack, ask <laughs> ask, ask Jack. Ask Jack, on is this anything? Yeah. Uh, I'd pay about five hundred bucks for that, <laughs> to be honest. I would pay more. Really? I would outbid you on that for sure. <laughs> that should be twenty three thousand dollars. That yeah. is so funny. Yeah, it's got a coffee ring on it and everything. Yeah, but that's. I mean, that's basically what we're talking about here. It's like some <laughs> on the back it says, "Should Excelsior be my catchphrase?" <laughs> right. Yeah. That's incredible. I okay. So I see what you guys are saying. It. When when put that way, it does sound like a big grift that Liefeld is like trying to put I don't, off. I don't think he's grifting anybody. He's he put these out in the world and people are paying what they want to pay for him. Yeah. It's auction style, right? Yeah. Yeehaw. Auction style. So <laughs> open auction style. <laughs> that's how I that's how I say it at an auction when I want to mm-hmm. bid on something. Yeehaw. <laughs> And they go, sir, please just raise your marker. That's all we need. And I say, tut tut, you will get yeehaw from me. I'm the one with the money. Yeah, yeah. If I'm paying for it, I'm saying yeehaw. Uh, yeah. I don't know where else to go on that. Under okay, so the the where we landed was we'll, we'll under re- fifty grand for both, which I think is ludicrous. But we'll check back in fifteen days. Okay, I'll set a reminder on my phone. All right, sounds good. Uh, you guys covered a book. You and Budget King did. A while back, called Barbaric, about an axe that yes. came to come came to life. Talks major hit for Vault. Yeah, it uh, has recently been announced through Vault that they're creating like a barbaric universe. They're coming out with more uh, one-offs and like two prose novels and like an, another ongoing series releasing in 2023. Their Vault is really doubling down on. Uh, barbaric because it's been such a gigantic hit for such a small publisher. I say small, I mean they're they're doing great. But um, are you guys you know interested in that? Are you guys excited about it? I I loved this series when it came out. I thought it was a kind of a fresh take on it all. I will buy subsequent barbaric things. I read they did a one shot already. Yes, they did called Harvest Blade. I think, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and this. Character is so fun. The comic has an kind of like epic, big feel to it. It seems like primed for this sort of universal uh, take. It's very Conan the Barbarian-esque. Um, there's just a lot of fun stories to be told in this tonality. That With I the enjoy. talking axe. I yeah. mean, where can you go wrong? It's just fun and funny and like light while, while still feeling epic. Mm-hmm. So it's just a good balance of like, fantasy stuff right and me. i think sometimes um different artists and different writers are going to come in on the one shots to oh, kind of great make it a little bit refreshing that makes and, it even more fun yeah so I, i'm actually really pumped for it just like you i read uh the one-offs in the original series and i yeah. had a really good time reading it well i i like the idea of doing one shots every once in a while um or other mini series mm-hmm. as opposed to what the Radiant Black crew did at Image, mm-hmm. where they had like the story that got big really quick, and then they introduced like two or two or three other tie-in books mm-hmm. that are were like all su- happening at the same time. Some of them were ongoing, some of them were not. Yeah, and it was just it just became so much 
yes. that I had to stop reading all of it because I was like, am I not following it anymore? Mm-hmm. Am I? Do I need to read Radiant Red to understand what's going on in this story? It just became way too confusing. So you would have enjoyed like an annual size Radiant Red as a tie-in to the supermassive verse or whatever. I think so. Okay. Oh, and... You know, not to say that they can't tell those stories with those characters, but like it would have been nice to say, like, um, a year from now, <laughs> after it's okay, after it's yeah. kind of like settled its toes in, then we're gonna introduce like a subsequent mini, mm-hmm. or maybe the Radiant Black storyline takes a break while we get Radiant Red storyline mm-hmm. for a minute. It was just so much investment on a story that was so brand new yes the the thing that it makes me think of is um the grant morrison series that they did with uh dan mora uh klaus oh right because they did they did and i'm sure i'm gonna get this wrong like the the original eight issue series and then i think the next year they did another four issue or something and then basically they stuck to one shots right Mm mm-hmm and it's the same kind of characters, the same kind of feel, same kind of universe, but it, to your point, Mike, it had time to breathe, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You, you, they didn't launch the Klaus-verse, you know, and, and we're not <laughs> talking about Klaus versus the Tooth Fairy, you know, or whatever. Well, now, hold on. I mean, Grant, get on it. <laughs> get you know, on I'll it. read it. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, if, if, if you rush all this barbaric stuff out the door just to strike while it's hot, you're going to lose your audience in six months because, okay, do I need, which barbaric six comics do I need to read this month to understand the universe's story? So the the way they kept it fresh before they announced the barbaric verse, which that is the last time I'm going to say that, uh, (laughs) like they released the main line and then it got super hot and then they announced like one or two one shots for the rest of the year just to kind of like whet your appetite or like, you know, not give you too much. Yeah, up don't front. forget about us. And then last week they just dropped like a, the timeline for 2023. Just like here's what's coming out. Here, here's the month. Just for barbaric or for the entire publisher? The barbaric verse. Like, okay. God damn it! I broke my own rule and I said it again. That was a trap. <laughs> they released it and like that's when all the barbaric books and tie-ins are going to be released. All right, cool. So you can kind of like map out your budget, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, that's another thing for like an independent comic um to ask you to buy so many like series that are overlapping with each other. Yeah. Like it's 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 tough. A lot of so many people who buy comics and this isn't everybody, but I think a lot of people who buy comics have their um mainstays and it's harder to give a chance to give a chance to yeah. newer newer books and like keep yourself invested because you're budgeting to buy the Hulk and Spider-Man and even smaller indie books that or books on smaller indie publishers that have mm-hmm. been going on for a while. So if well, you're on if you're on book five of something and they've already got a mini series starting, it's just a lot to ask people to say. Especially when you're somebody like Volt, like they're not gonna get James Tinian to come and write a, a barbaric one shot. And like they should. They should try and do 100% that. One hundred percent they should. But what are the odds that that's going to happen? Mm. You're going to have indie comic people writing these, and it's harder to get an audience to jump on a creative team they don't know. Yeah, just it, because it has barbaric on the t- on the cover. Yeah. Did you see? You you guys may have saw this that Tiny Onion is hosting a Kickstarter right now oh, for to a movie. get to get his movie going. Yeah. Which I think it's a short. Like yeah, it's like a short film. Which um, I haven't backed it yet because I've kind of backed off Kickstarters, but. I would be really interested in to see what that looks like, like because it's his script. I don't think he's directing or you know doing anything like that. But God, he, I hope not. he wrote it. Uh, Elsa Charrier from Love Everlasting. Love Everlasting has done the storyboarding for it. Yeah, yeah. Which so I would a, love to get my hands on some of those. That'd be so. Sick. Yeah, there's a handful. I think it's one of the tiers. Of course it is. Is, yeah. you, is you can get some of the actual storyboards. Okay, so it is, because I, I did look at the tiers, and, like, if you pay five grand, like, you get to go to the set and, like, maybe be in the movie. And it's like, for five grand, I better be, like, leading man in this fucking film. <laughs> I, I always think when I see stuff like that, it's like, that's really trusting on the creator's parts. Oh, Because yeah. what if I'm, I mean, I look like me, 
right? <laughs> and I, I, the only thing that I have to have to get that ticket into your movie is five thousand dollars. Like, <laughs> I can get a loan. I I have my personality and my face. That is a huge mistake on your part, James. I'm not too homely to get a loan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I think any time that there's a tier that there that is like so high that it's like come meet me and like hang out yeah and we'll get drinks it's just like they're secretly being like please don't want to pledge that much <laughs> it's like they're always like ten thousand dollars like yeah right you you just have to be like oh no what is what is this gonna be what rich idiot paid ten grand to go get hot dogs with me <laughs> this one right here baby yeah. <laughs> you're like ketchup or mustard on your hot dogs James. <laughs> If you have that much disposable income, like, I just don't know what that says about you. Be a sponsor of our show. Like, are you, like, such a high-functioning person that that you've accumulated that much money that you can, like, get rid of? Or are you just, like... Trust fund. A yeah. psychopath. No, I did, and then I gave it to you guys, yeah. and now I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> Andy signed on to our Kickstarter. He paid 20 grand, and now he gets to be on six episodes a year. Yeah. And he is already burned through two. You fools. <laughs> Figure if I tank six in a row, then I can just take over the podcast. Greg, he's never going to leave us alone after this. Nope. He's sleeping in your driveway. He knows where my house is now. <laughs> uh, that's all like, oh, wait, nope. I have one more news thing. Poppy. Yes. Uh, one of our favorite singers. P-O-P-P-Y on Poppy. Has a new Graphic novel coming out on the publisher Z2. Is that her second one? Yes. This is yeah. her third. Third one. Oh, third, yeah. Third one, it, it's called Poppy Presents Tit Tat. It revolves around Lydia, a teenager with mysterious psionic powers. Yeah. It sounds like a kind of Sailor Mooney sort of thing, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. It looks, Hell yeah. It looks cool. Poppy's fucking rad. Like, yep. let's just get that out there. She's awesome. I'll say the first couple are very heavy. This one sounds more fun. Mm-hmm. I think her first couple were like a metaphor for like trauma she experienced at a young age. And then now we're like, we've told that story. Yeah. We're going to get into the fun comic book stuff. Let's have some fun with some light trauma. So just <laughs> trigger warning if you go out and buy like, oh yeah, totally. Poppy, poppy graphic novels based on our recommendation. I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah. Um, but. Very cool. I love Poppy, um, and I'm very excited about this. If you don't know Z2, um, I would say peruse the other books they have, because one of the things they specialize in is graphic novels written by musicians. Mm-hmm. So there's a handful of other ones from interesting people. There's a ton of them. On that Weird side. Al is getting one this week. <laughs> is he really? That, that's not a joke. Yeah. He's getting one. It's like an autobiography mm-hmm. about his journey through the music industry. I think Manchester Orchestra has one or something along that line well, of so bands. David I, Bowie's son has one with Alex DeCampi. I own uh, the Dio one, which is like oh, nice. the story of the album Holy Diver. I cool. know Anthrax has one. Um, I want to say Kiss, of course. Oh, has well, Kiss one. has a ton of comics already. Yeah. But they've got a ton of those music-based ones, and they're all very expensive. Are they really? Oh, dude, yeah. They're pretty. I think it's thirty bucks just for the regular trade. Yeah, they are pretty Oof. pricey. And then they do upsell tiers, ultra collectors, ultra version. Yeah, the whole thing with like the slip case that they come in. Oh, and then okay. If yeah. you go up another tier, it's like you get a signed book plate. And since they're like celebrities already, right? Yeah. Like those things get colossally expensive quick. Did you know that they had to recall some Kiss comic books back in the eighties because like. I don't know if this is true or not, but they were like thinly laced with cocaine. Like the edge of the pages were to like it became like super addicting no to like way. read kiss comics. That can't be true. That can't be true. It was on the internet. It's gotta be true. Oh well if it was on the internet. I know the blood thing was true. Yes. The ink had their uh had Gene's Gene it was it just Gene Simmons blood? Yes. He consented to it. Stanley mix- did not when he had his blood still on. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Bummer. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Anybody else have any news or did I the only other th- The only thing I had is that the um, Jim Zub got announced as the writer for the Conan the Barbarian comics that are yeah. coming out on Titan. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I just saw it a couple days ago. I don't know if that's like older news or newer news. but It's, it's still still fresh. Um, 
I was excited about that just because they've got, you know, sometimes you see things get sold off to publishers like a Titan who does a lot of like um, existing IP. I don't know if they do the Blade Runner comic, but like something like that would traditionally be in like a Titan's wheelhouse. Yeah. And sometimes things like cool IP and cool things that would be cool comics go to like die on these publishers that yeah. like don't always attract the best talent and it's just exciting to see someone who's like kicked ass on Conan Bar- the Barbarian before is still going to be writing it at Titan so well I'm excited for it hopefully it does well yeah same I was shocked when Marvel gave up the ownership to of Conan and this was something I didn't know until recently because I thought they'd like lost it um they in did. like in like a bidding war or something but apparently they decided like we're going to part ways because they weren't selling enough Conan comics. It was, was it Marvel's Wait, decision? Seriously? I, I read the other day that it was Marvel's decisions to, okay, you guys are sounding shocked. When's the last time you picked up a Conan comic? I, Jason Aaron was writing. Yeah, him. man. That's not the question I asked. When's the last time you picked up a Conan book? I mean, I read Serpent War and Same. Savage Avengers. Yeah, with Conan in well, it, and then I was buying the King Conan books. Yeah, and I don't know if I got past issue like eight or so. Mm-hmm. I, I bought the first dozen or so issues of the the title, the Conan. Yeah, maybe Marvel just bought it as like an experiment. Well, they had well, they had it and lost it and then got it back. Yeah, yeah. I don't I, know. I I got the impression that the who is it Herbert whoever what's his name Trimp no the the estate of the guy. Oh, Mi- Conan. Mi- Mr. Conan. The the John Carter of Mars guy, whatever. Uh, the guy who uh the guy who wrote the books. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. They w- are are always just looking for the highest price. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe it was Marvel's decision to not beat Titan. Yeah, right. At, you know, that money cuz obviously Disney can Disney could own DC if they wanted to, but right. they don't want to pay for it. So. I mean, why would you buy a burning ship? Oh, I said it. Because it's cheap. <laughs> Was that a comment about DC? I, I don't know. Come on. I, I'm better. I know. I'm better than that. <laughs> Andy, did you have any news to unload? Uh, no, I'm here for the second. The second part? The second one in a row. Talking about Elf. The <laughs> second. And you're packing up. Okay, bye, Andy. Yeah, oh. <laughs> Huh. Oh, I'll see you guys next week oh, for oh. number three. I was gonna say Cody Ziegler is is writing the new Miles Morales comic that's coming out in yes. December. Yes, and I just saw an article that there uh, there's gonna be a new villain. So if you're big into Marvel oh. first appearances, pick up the um, new run of Spider Man Miles Morales in December. Is it the conservative right? <laughs> <laughs> Too close. The character's called Rabble. Rabble. I think rock themed. Why rock themed? You got me, man. <laughs> rabble. Rabble, rabble, rabble. Because he's a rabble rouser. Yeah. Rock themed. <laughs> it's the thing's cousin, rabble. <laughs> I'm I'm I love Cody Ziggler and Yes, so do I. Um I'm super pumped for this. Ditto. I'm glad we're in agreement. I'm gonna take my four dollars and use it to buy a copy. <laughs> I'm going to take my $8 and use it to buy two copies. You're kidding. That's how much more I am excited for it than you. Well, maybe I'll do the same. Let's move maybe on. Maybe we'll have uh, <laughs> move on. four copies between us. Shut the fuck up. Let's move on to recommendations. <laughs> I read a first issue called Crashing that came out like a month ago on oh, IDW. Right. Yeah. Um, but we didn't get a chance to cover it then, so I'm covering it now. Um, this book's by Matthew Klein. I don't know anything else that they've written um but the book really caught me because it's got so many things going on Mm -hmm. and it balances them well um there's a it kind of like stars a hospital worker i think i don't know if it's a doctor or nurse um but it's got like uh that hospital worker burnout which is like a hot topic right now Mm -hmm. um the lead has like an addiction problem and has like been seven years sober and like constantly tempted by like everything around her in the oh, hospital. Sure, yeah. It's got this, um, it, it does have superheroes. So you live in a world wherein 
oh, superheroes are getting hurt and brought to the hospital. Nice. Um, while she's in the hospital, she's got this like Cyclops type character. And she's like going to check on him mm-hmm. and like looks to see if his like irises are dilated and like eye beams come out and they're like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that was interesting. Um, there's kind of like a civil war Marvel thing going on wherein uh-huh. there's politicians who are like, we have to know the identities mm-hmm. of all these people and we have to like shut them down because the laws can't apply to them. Yeah. Um, and she's also married to. Uh, like campaign manager who's like running uh, one of these campaigns to like shut down the villain stuff. Oh. But the real story here is that she's saving um, like superheroes in the hospital by day. And then she's somehow like indebted to like the villain world. Mm Mm-hmm. And by night, she's going to like a different like underground practice, and helping save oh, okay. the villains' lives too. So like that's kind of like, um, you know, criminals would hire like doctors to come to like a butchery after hours to like yep. sew up the their guys have been like shot or something. Exactly right. And she's doing it on a superhuman scale. Yeah, kick ass. What's the book called? Crashing. Crashing. Yeah. Um, Who's publishing it? Do you know? IDW. IDW. Oh, nice. Okay. It was just for an independent book that had so many themes like interweaving. Mm-hmm. Like when I when I sat back and was like, what am I going to tell you guys about this book and like what it's about? And I started like writing down like the high level plot points. And I was kind of like, damn, this is like. <laughs> this is a bop. <laughs> yeah. There's like so many things going on here. And it was written so. It, it read so effortlessly. Yeah. That I was just impressed that it was just doing so much. Oh, hell yeah. So I, I right now I think there's like six issues scheduled for release. I'm not sure if it's going to go beyond that. It's crazy that like because when most books try to handle all of that in a story, like when they try to juggle all that, yeah. something falls off and just like doesn't like pan out. But like sounds yeah. like they're that writing team and the art teams just kind of really figured it out and how to make it like a, a cohesive story. Yeah. So that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, especially like. And I and I say it's sometimes tougher to do in indie comics because you're not introduced to that world yet. You know what I mean? It's oh, like you're doing sure. all uh-huh. this complicated stuff and you have to like introduce the rules of the world that we're existing within at the same time. Yeah. Because as we find when there aren't rules, then there are no stakes. Elon Musk can buy Twitter. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Anyone else got a recommend? Yeah. Um I read Vanish number two. The Donny Cates and Ryan Stegman, okay, '90s comic starts out issue issue two starts out with nine eleven. Is that real? That is real. Oh man, uh, they're like transport. Like it's a flashback, obviously. Uh, in like this school of magic, the kids are transported to nine eleven to essentially watch it happen as a point that. Yes, we could stop this, but we shouldn't because, like... That's fucked up. If you stop this war, two more will spill out from it. Sure. So it's like this really fucked up learning lesson of just, like, you have these great powers, but you also have a lot of responsibility, what a great (laughs) line, to, like, not intervene when you know that you can. Uh Uh-huh. Because you, there's like a thread of time, like a thread that it's all connected to, and if you you know fuck that up, so many more worse things are going to spill out from that. Okay. And it just rolls out from there, and it follows the character who is like a, the main vanish guy, and he's hunting down these rogue wizards that like are portraying themselves as superheroes in the in our world, and we're fi- losing me. <laughs> This is all starting to sound like gibberish. Welcome to Vanish, baby. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so there's two worlds: magic world, our world. Yep. I'm yeah understood. Vanish is from the magic world. He's, he now lives in real world. Yeah. The real world has superheroes in it, okay. and we find we find out they're from magic world as well. All the superheroes in our world are from this magic world because they fled from like this other big villain that's coming through. Yeah. But they're all they're all. Magic bad guys, right? The seven that we are following 
in this book are. Most are not. Oh, okay. All right. Most are just wizards that have escaped from this magic realm into the real world just to escape from being killed in they're the magic They're playing world. superheroes, but they're actually bad guys. Bad guy wizards. Ye- yes, the bad guy wizards that Vanish wants to kill. Are being good guys on Earth. They're pretending to be. But okay. there are other superheroes besides those seven. You know what? I'm talking to you, and I can see the glaze <laughs> just fall on your pupils. It is very fun. It's a All fun right. comic. If yeah. you read it, it's very fun. Everyone looks like they are a band member in Fear Factory. <laughs> it is like just 90s dipped goodness. You had me at Fear Factory. I mean, I was already reading it, but you're right. you had me You know when a book Factory. opens with like a 9-11 scene, you're like, holy shit, we are just in for a ride, I guess. That's how I knew that I would love the boys. It's because like panel two of that comic is Billy Butcher sitting on a bench looking at the Homelander fly over, and he says, I'm going to get you, you cunt. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Vargas is and like, I was like, I need to pre-order this whole well, series, I think. 12 volumes, here we go. <laughs> uh, so I would recommend that. I also read, so we talked a while ago about a book called Lovesick out on Image. Yeah. It came out last week. Um, oof. The, this I hate this word, but there is a trigger warning coming up for this Conversation. conversation. Yeah. It is essentially Sexy Red Room by Ed Pisker. Uh-huh. It it it, it delves into like the dark web torture room snuff film stuff. Uh it deals a lot with toxic masculinity uh-huh. and like um what is consent and like you know uh there's a strong BDSM sexual element but at the same time um, it's re- it's really aggressive with the message, and uh-huh. I wonder how shallow the message is. Just to to be, be like shock value, to be shock value. Mm-hmm. Um, it is beautifully drawn. It like, but and like, it is gruesome. The artist who did Bolero, right? Yes, Which exactly. Is a beautiful book. Yeah, and so um, yeah, it's done by Luna uh, Vecho. Uh-huh. And they did Bolero, and I mean, I I I just can't do it. I can't stomach that stuff. Yep. And so you know, if you know that going into it, good for you. Yeah. It, it's gonna tackle some really heavy themes. Shit that I don't need to be reminded about, and that I steer away from anyway. Yeah. So um, that's the talk of the town right now, my right. friends. I've I've got it coming in my next month's shipment. Yeah. How how many issues have you pre-ordered? <laughs> I don't know. Well, probably at least the first two at this point. Okay. Just because the covers are so striking, it's like you're like, I have to buy it to figure out what's inside. And I think there's a purpose for that. Yeah, like you're right. you're supp- it's supposed to be like a lure in uh-huh. to these like incel characters that like want to be tortured and manipulated by this character mm. domino um but i'm conflicted about how they go about it yeah. and like the tonality and where we're headed with this message yeah like if the message is all incels suck and if they're mean to people online they should be killed what like i don't i can't fully get behind the, yeah, that murder. Vibe. You can't get behind murder? You know, ain't... <laughs> Call me crazy. Call me a lunatic. Solving problems with murder and violence? I mean, a, a good punch now and then, fine, but like, mm-hmm. this goes beyond. And uh, granted, this is just the first issue, so it's supposed to be a little bit in your face, a little bit, you know, provocative to get your attention. So th- that may change as the series goes on, but oof. I had the same vibes when I finished Red Room of just like not for me, dog. It it sounds almost to me like there may be a commentary on like a role reversal in like power fantasy and like torture fantasy with like the sort of people who typically totally like certain thing being the subject of it. You're <laughs> in, not wrong. You're, you're absolutely not wrong. Yeah, but it, even still, there's some allusion intense. to that the Domino character who is the female um, dominatrix has a weird history of like what led her to do this kind of stuff. So there may be some 
some stuff we don't know about yet. That it's just a lot. It's just a lot to get through. That's like heavy and hard to read. It's a very to, no. To yeah. Get to the point where you're like, did it have a message and a payoff for me to feel better about putting myself through it? Yeah, because what what exactly is the end goal for this yeah. series? Because I'll say like I I enjoy like horror movies and things, but what I don't like is the sort of like torture stuff. Mm-hmm. And the same goes for like comics. That, sure. Yeah, that stuff just kind of shakes me in a certain way. That's not it, as fun because it's so real and it's very visceral. Yeah, right. And like really raw. And this—that's what this book is very, very raw. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So uh, I don't know if it's much of a recommendation as like that. This is a very hot book right now. Yeah. Of conversation. Yeah. All over the place. Okay. So, uh, I am a basic bitch. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> So seriously, for anybody out there, I'm a sucker for big two comics. So hey, same. Most of my stack every week is Marvel. Most of it, you know, the other part of it is DC. I don't read a lot of indie stuff. Not I'm just I'm just putting it out there. All Nothing right? wrong with that. From in just my laying book. my cards on the I'm table. Just trying to be real. Um, <laughs> so I read Star Wars High Republic, Volume Two, Number One. Oh, how was it? It's great. Okay, it's cool. It's super fun. Um, is Charles Soule still doing it? Uh, no. He, so he he is in charge of the High Republic Initiative yeah. at Disney. Like, Oh, so he, he's up, up, up He's there. like the architect of what's going on with the High Republic. Mm-hmm. So he wrote the first couple... No, he did write the comic. Kevin Scott still wrote it. But right. he wrote the first prose novel. Yes, I remember that. Somebody else, you know, he kind of passed it off. He's writing mm-hmm. um, The Blade, which is like a spinoff of this volume two that's coming out soon. Nice. So he he's involved very heavily in that he's like the architect. Yeah. But this this issue. Number... He's like the John Favreau of. Yeah. The High Republic verse. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Great. Um, Kevin Scott wrote it and uh, Ario Anandito. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Last names are really hard on. Well, I never heard me. of them before. Um, but it, it, so it's very cool. If if anybody read the first High Republic stuff, it, it's Star Wars, easily recognizably Star Wars. Yeah, but very fresh, very new, very exciting. And that's something I loved about it because you didn't need the the only back knowledge you really need. Is that like there are Jedi's and they have like Jedi powers? Yeah, you know. Do you what know I what mean? a lightsaber is? Yeah, yes, exactly right. You can read High Republic. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. And par- <laughs> Which one's Yoda? <laughs> part part of the thing about Star Wars comics that can be intimidating is like I don't know if I'm supposed to have context for this or that. Right. Like, right. And like, am I enjoying it the way I'm supposed to be? Like, I kind of get in my head when I'm reading like deep in Star Wars stuff. That's like at any given point of mm. uh you know the timeline yeah the timeline uh but it well, isn't that what made high republic so inviting it's like yeah, it's, exactly it's new right. for everybody yeah. no one knows what any of this stuff is exactly except for chuck <laughs> charles oh you're so, i forget that you're on like that name yeah. basis with him did you read crimson rain no I, I've I've only read the the mainline High Republic. So yeah. I read the first twelve issues of Volume One. I didn't read any of the, you know, subtitled stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then I read issue one of Volume Two. Nice. I heard that Crimson Rain. Crimson Rain. <laughs> I think that's the name of this book. That's I, the spinoff, right? Yeah, yeah, I think it's a spinoff of High Republic, and. Or maybe it's a little further in the future, but apparently they introduce Prince Zizor in it. Sure. Who is a Shadows of the Empire novel character. Yeah. Uh-huh. Who like He's like green? Yeah, he was like a green guy. Mm-hmm. And that for me, that was like always a character that I was like, why isn't he in any of the other things? Because as a kid, I loved that <laughs> He book. had a fucking action figure. Yeah, right? He had an action figure, but like never showed up in anything else. So it was really like I'm excited to read some Crimson Rain and see what the deal is with him. Was Crimson Rain like focusing on villain stuff or like the like the the birth of the Sith era? I I'm not totally sure. I haven't read gotcha. much of it. I I I think it's like a pod of like insurgents that are like um, mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to take down a portion of Capital the empire. Capital or something, yeah. Yeah. And they call themselves the Crimson Rain. 
Oh, okay. Interesting. I Is it? To me, it is. Okay. And to our listeners. I'm going to have to take your word for it. Charles Soule's here just like, yes, it's very interesting. While well, he's listening. He's a big fan. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked for this next run. I hope they do another 12 issues. Cause... Did you read um, Strange Academy Finals Week or whatever? Uh, I've got it. I haven't. I haven't read it yet. It's it's in my poll sitting at clones. It I so I read the uh, first issue that came out. It's basically a refresher of the first Strange Academy series. Oh man! And then like, well, no, like then the second half of the book like okay. kind of points you then in, into the direction of where uh, they're headed. Okay. But I forget how fucking awesome all of those kids look when they're doing their powers and shit. Oh, dude, uh, Umberto Ramos's art. Oh my he's, god! He's dude, doing he's the art so for, fucking right? cool. Yeah, yeah. It can't be beat. No, it's I, so sick. I bought my first Spider-Man comic, Spider Island, mm-hmm. issue whatever it was, six 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 or something mm-hmm. of Spider-Man because of his art on the cover. We talked about him last week on our '90s stuff. Like he was a vibe for the '90s. Yeah, yeah. He kills it big time. Big time vibe. We're over an hour. Uh-oh. I'm going to call it on First Issue Club. Ta-ta for now. Bye. <laughs> First Issue Club is edited and produced by Mike DeStacy and Greg Lichtig. Follow us on social media at First Issue Club and check out our Patreon for videos, audio, and more at patreon.com slash Club.